God is at work among us, and He is doing amazing things through the ministry of Greater Omaha Youth for Christ, a ministry that has been impacted by the investment of MyBridge Momentum. Jason Curry is GoYFC's Executive Director, and he is our guest this morning. Jason, welcome to the Morning Conversation. It's always good to see you. Yeah, excited to uh, have you on, and uh, it's been so fun to get to know you over the last uh, two-plus years right? And, uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Admired you from a distance as I heard about the ministry and heard lots of things about you. And, and I was so thrilled when we had an opportunity to actually work together. And we'll talk about that more throughout this morning. Uh, but first, how did you come to know and fall in love with Jesus? I love that question. I mean, that's my favorite question that mm. we find, find ourselves asking instead of what's your name and where are you from? And yes. like, tell us your Jesus story. Yes. And so, um, as much as I hated it as a middle schooler and high schooler, <laughs> I now look back and I was very privileged and blessed to come from a home that uh, my dad was a minister. He was a mm, pastor up in Michigan. And so being a middle child, small town, the, the fishbowl that I felt like I was in, I, I didn't necessarily desire that as a rambunctious right. middle school boy. But I look back at the foundation that that laid for God's word and watching a, a mom and dad be faithful to serve Christ. And so I've even been talking about this with my own kids, some of, you know, similar paths of we've always known and believed in God from a very early age. And so at an early age, you know, making that personal decision. I remember it was a Wednesday night because my mom was gone to choir practice and my dad and I were having conversations about heaven. And just at that point, probably seven or eight years of age said, yes, I want to make that personal decision and got to stay up late to tell my mom that <laughs> night when she got back. So those are great memories and then had uh, parents and a youth pastor and mentors in my life that just continued to pour into me all through high school, into college. And they truly participated in hmm. that spiritual trajectory like we should as men and women of God. So at seven or eight, was there a life transformation even at that age? Did like did you experience some? <laughs> no, I still was throwing snowballs through windows <laughs> and getting spanked. Um, I uh, there definitely was a, a a knowledge and a confidence that I'm a child of God. I'm going to heaven mm. someday. But absolutely, it, it came with ebbs and flows, highs and lows uh, throughout my whole life. You know, continuing to trust God, and yet there's peaks and valleys for sure. Jason, you come to know Jesus in an authentic, life-changing, eternity, destiny <laughs> pointing kind of a way, super early in life, seven and eight year old. But at what point as you got older, would you say, what were maybe a, a point or two where it just really took off for you? Like as an adult, as a young adult, as a, that you just go, man, this, it clicked in and it's, it's, it moved far beyond just something I was raised in and it became really mine. I owned it. I can recognize my high school years of a youth pastor pouring into me that participated in that in significant ways. In college, once you have some independence and starting to get involved and serving in you know a Youth for Christ program up in Michigan, but it was really after college when at 21 years of age, all of a sudden, so many things that I had wrapped my identity into of I had played basketball and I had always pursued trying to be uh, a good student and broke up with a, you know, serious relationship. And all of a sudden, all these things that I had wrapped who I was and into were, were gone, were that place at 21, 22, that I finally was, it was a, 
God, I will do anything, um, even if it's be a pastor. <laughs> I remember literally saying that, like, I don't want to be a pastor because I saw that I grew up with that. But even if it be a pastor, I was finally open handed um, fully and just saying, God, take and use me. I now have a, a better, more secure and more more secure and faithful understanding of who I am in you that that God really started opening doors and moving in my heart and teaching me more than ever before. So that was, that was a really, really critical juncture in my life was wrapping up college and, and all of those things being stripped away that were not my identity, but I, I believe that they were. So Jason, I would love for you to speak a little bit to parents this morning. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I didn't come to know Jesus until I was uh, in college, but you did. And so there's a number of parents listening this morning who have kids and uh, they see the statistics. They see the number of kids that uh, were grew up in Christian homes that walked away from the faith later. So what maybe would you say to parents is in terms of what they need to be making sure of in their own lives, in their families, to best set their kids up for spiritual success. I'm living in the midst of that right now mm. with two high schoolers and a middle right. schooler in my home. And so I would say there's the old adage, more is caught than taught. Yes, yes we can believe that, but you can also twist that to say, okay, we're not going to teach enough of the biblical truth that's counteracting how much we learn in all the other places. And so number one, I think it has to be modeled at home. So mom and dad, you have to be abiding with Jesus and pursuing Jesus and kids will catch that. But you also have to make sure you're intentional. And along with modeling the faith, we also very much need to be proactive and intentional with teaching our kids God's word and working with Youth for Christ. Our main point is how do we reach lost kids? And as you're teaching kids about God's word, I, I truly believe there's great discipleship opportunities when you also have an evangelism focus as a family. Put them in positions uh, where they own their faith, talk about their faith, and it's not just the super comfortable safety zones. That's my connection even with where I'm passionate about with Youth for Christ and how we can come alongside Christian parents and Christian kids and help them in their discipleship. Yeah. Resistance builds strength, right? I mean, to to not have any opposition to our faith, you know, to try to put our kids maybe in a bubble to protect them, well-meaning and understandable, but it would stunt their, their growth, right? And I understand we do have to protect our kids, but right. you can't isolate them. If you isolate them, then that's where there's a higher percentage of those kids walking away from the faith. And all those statistics, you can hear mixed reviews also on, you know, every statistic can be jaded or skewed and a good handful of kids, you know, come back to church after those college years, but there's still a lot that never do. That's some of my soapbox as, <laughs> as, a, as a ministry leader, but also right. as a dad that's living in the midst of it right now. It is hard to guide and protect and stand our ground on what we know is best for our kids. So Jason, you're the executive director for the Greater Omaha Youth for Christ. There are some listening this morning that uh, aren't familiar with that ministry. So give, give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of Go YFC and, and what the ministry of YFC is about. Youth for Christ, we we love the, the start by Billy Graham and a few pastors in Chicago that just said, how do we reach youth with the message of Jesus? Mm. And uh, 60 plus years later, 70 plus years later, our focus is still that of how do we intentionally, relationally pursue kids that don't know Jesus. And, and that's 
where I firmly believe um, people, as we're talking our Jesus stories, everybody I've ever talked to can point to one or two or a handful of people that help them to understand Jesus. So it's relational in nature. Uh, also, statistics show that the majority of people come to know Christ before the age of 20. And so intentionally pursuing relationships with lost kids and in that context, um, getting to the place that we're having regular Jesus conversations. And we we uh, have a phrase that we call authentic Christ-sharing relationships. And when we're having regular Jesus conversations with lost kids, it's not just you know, I know what sports they're involved in. I know, you know, how many siblings they have, but it's including regular Jesus conversations. And so our intent is to come alongside churches and other ministry partners. We have, we have staff and programs that are in 35 Omaha area schools. Uh, We also have a, a teen parent program called Parent Life. And it's the whole focus is how do we go and bring the hope of Jesus to kids that don't walk through the doors of a church, uh, or maybe it's just Christmas and Easter. And how do we how do we reach kids with the hope of Jesus? And God has blessed tremendously over the years. Uh, and the last couple of years, despite the challenges of COVID, we're we're sensing a just an increased momentum and open doors that I didn't know if they would still be there after COVID. And so we're just we're really excited about what God's doing. Jason, uh, I mentioned this earlier this morning that uh, I've had the privilege of walking with you and your team over the last two years with a ministry called My Bridge Momentum uh, that we invest in uh, nonprofit leaders and their teams, helping them some organizational development, strategic planning, and uh, kind of some leadership coaching. So you got involved a couple, a couple of years ago. So talk about initially kind of what what was going on in your ministry? What made you think, you know, this might be something that, that would be a difference maker? There was a few things that went into it of, you know, sometimes you just hear clearly from the Lord, okay, you need to consider this. I had three or four people within a month say, hey, have you ever thought about this type of training? And it had a certain like name. And and after the third or fourth person, I was like, okay, God, I need to look into this and consider this and started asking around and found out about momentum and you stand. And from there, it was a no brainer because we were in a place of a lot of transition. Uh, we were adding, um, adding key members to our leadership team. So our ministry was growing and we, and yet we had hit a little bit of a plateau or a lid for a few years. I I can't exactly identify what all, what all caused that. But as my wife was on the radio with you years ago, part of that was just my lack of ability to give the time and energy as my wife went through a cancer battle. And we were in a place of a, of need of somebody that would consult and lead and drive the most important things that we knew needed to happen. When you talk about strategic planning and setting annual goals and focusing on the most important things. So strategic planning, clarity around that, accountability around that, those were some of the words that we knew we needed. And then as we as we met with you and heard about the ministry of momentum, you provided those 
things that we desperately needed. Jason, as we're talking this morning about uh, Greater Omaha Youth for Christ and the opportunity that MyBridge Momentum has had over the last two years to invest in your ministry, uh, has it made a difference? And if so, what difference have you seen? It's made a tremendous difference of the consistency of doing the right things in the right way and having not only those strategic conversations, but also the radical candor as a leadership team that continues to grow us, grow our trust, reveal also areas that we need to work on. And so it's really helped us to uncover some areas of very needed growth and making sure that we're doing what we all know are the best leadership principles, but can often get lost because of the busyness and the whirlwind of life and ministry or business. It feels like we've just started kind of busting through some of that plateau that we were in. Our staff has grown now from where we were at 40 to now 55 in the last couple of years. And these ministry sites that were struggling to either have staff filling them um, or just even getting restarted after COVID. Now all of our full-time positions are filled and we haven't been there. So it's been huge for our camaraderie as a team, our culture growing and having a really great strategy that we're all on the same page with. Yeah. You know, Jason, I was with a leader of a different ministry yesterday and the term that they used was rhythmic growth. They Mm -hmm. just said, you know, as they've gotten into the momentum process, like they said, you know what, if left to ourselves, we would delay it a week. Oh, oh, we didn't get to this Mm -hmm. one. We'll do, we'll pick it back up next quarter, but no, you've got an appointment with Stan and momentum and, and the meeting's coming and it just, has created this rhythm that has created rhythmic growth that's continued to build momentum over the time that's been with them about two, two and a half years. That describes where we're at also. Yeah. And as I brag about you, as I, mm. as I tell so many people about, you've got to check out momentum. And I tell them, it's applying all the things that we know are right and are important. And you have somebody with ministry wisdom and experience, uh, I'm speaking of you, <laughs> Stan, <laughs> and we had our staff saying, we need we need clarity and accountability. And it's provided those two things more and beyond anything that I could imagine. Jason, let's go all the way back to the beginning. One of the things that we are committed to as a ministry is, I mean, we know the value of what we provide, but we've, and part of what kind of pushed us in this area is we saw the impact of this kind of a training, this kind of a relationship with nonprofit organizations and the momentum that they were able to build. And uh, we saw the price tag that typically we're talking five to $7,000 a session. Mm -hmm. And we're like, man, this could really accelerate ministries, but most ministries couldn't afford it. It wasn't really a Christian oriented form of this uh, that was here, at least locally. And so we said, what if we pushed into this area and offered it to ministries free of charge. And uh, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, you've been in conversations with someone who was offering it at, what was it, 5000 a session probably? Was that the realm? Yes. Yeah. 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 And so you, you were kind of scratching your head going, okay, is this for <laughs> real? Like, so I'd like to hear kind of what was going through your mind. You're exactly right. As, you know, as I mentioned earlier, three or four people had approached me and said, have you heard of these tools that, you know, you offer that through momentum. And as I started to explore the price points of $30,000 a year was, Mm -hmm. was normal. And on the other side, we had a donor that believed in this enough that said, 
I will cover the cost of this because we've seen the benefit in our business and other ministries. And yet we wanted to honor the donor and be a good steward, but we also wanted who we felt would be best. And you're exactly right. Like having somebody that has a ministry approach, a godly approach with great business principles. For us, it was it was a no-brainer and it was a win of as we interviewed a few candidates my leadership team, we were all like, yes, Stan and Momentum are the is the place that we we should go. Now, I remember a statement you made at the end. You're like, okay, is this like a light form? Like, what are we, what are we not getting? Because, <laughs> yeah, because sure. we heard this price tag of 30000 a year, and you're saying it's, you're going to give it to us free. So what are we not mm-hmm. getting? I said yeah. to you, a bill. <laughs> I said, what you're Stan, not getting? Stan, you don't forget bill. anything. You're supposed to forget those things that could be slightly offensive. <laughs> yeah, again, it's been a blast. I heard about you in your ministry for many years to be able to serve you and your team, and it's been such a such a blessing. Let me bounce back a little bit to Youth for Christ. You've been involved with how, for how many years now? I started as a volunteer, and then I've been on staff 19 years since 2003. 19 years on staff. Most people, lots of people in our culture today just don't stay in one place that long, uh, let alone in ministry and let alone in youth ministry, which really stretches you, you know, especially as we're getting older. But you've stayed put. What are you experiencing? What are you seeing? What's going on in your heart that's got you so locked in to YFC there in Omaha? There's been a handful of times that we tried to move. And part of that's because we didn't we don't have any family in Omaha. So we were trying to get closer to family every time that that even came up. And the last one is probably not for 10 years or something. God made it very clear that this is where we were supposed to be. And we were supposed to remain faithful to this mission. Uh, and so part of that's just obedience at times to what God has asked of us and others was we really did focus a lot on culture and staff culture. And it became a tremendous place that we had great, solid relationships and friendships. And we call ourselves the YFC family. And it represented the family of God of what I see, what I experience in ways that I don't always see other places. And so there is just a tremendous joy to work with people that I love being with, that love each other well. Yes, we have our issues for sure, but also a mission that I believe in so much. And uh, belief is, you know, one of my top couple strength finders. And so I have to believe in what I'm, what I'm a part of. And so that has been a huge thing is not only as you hear me talk about why we do things, reaching lost kids. For me, it's, it's so biblical of Jesus's last words before he went back to heaven was go and make disciples, teaching them all that I've commanded you. And so it's not just another man made a vision statement. It's truly from like what Jesus asked of all of us. And so it aligns so much with where I want to pour my life, who I want to be. And I also have been taken care of well. Uh, we have staff and a board that has taken care of me in a way through the trials, but also just the encouragement and support, giving me years to mature because I was young when I started in this position. And they really tried to help me be successful and have, have cared and loved me well. Jason, we've, we've talked throughout this morning often about uh, Youth for Christ there in Omaha. And uh, conceptually, we'd love to end our time with maybe a story just to just encourage God's people across the state on how God's moving and working. Man, one story, Stan, come on. 
<laughs> I, uh, I would say like, I, we, we report key numbers to our staff every month and we say numbers aren't everything, but they do show like some stewardship and we're getting back to where we were with numbers of um, authentic Christian relationships and campuses and all this. The numbers that we want to keep driving is how many kids came to know Christ last year. And so we had 43 um, kids that came to know Christ mm-hmm. last year, over a hundred kids wow. that were connected and plugged into local churches. The biggest number that we're striving for is we believe that if we do the right activities, the right way or faithful, we should have a thousand ministry leaders pouring into 5,000 lost kids. Mm-hmm. And I personally got to witness that even with the summer, uh, as we were able to have kids go back to camp and my daughter took a group of friends or joined a group of friends, I should say. And she had three of her friends that I know and I interact with and said, I want to follow Jesus Mm. after what I hear and experience at camp. And there's a story of a young man that just got married uh, a couple of weeks ago that when he was in seventh grade, he had the same experience at camp. And his mom like called us a week later and said, whatever happened to my son at camp, I want us to experience. And so the mom started going to church and she got saved within a couple of months. And the dad was a little slower. It was like a year or two later, but they were all eventually engaged, involved in a local church, baptized. And now to see this young man get married to a strong Christian woman and just the the generations of impact that have happened because of his parents, but also Lord willing, you know, future kids in this marriage if the if the Lord blesses them. So that camp ministry has been huge for us and we couldn't do it for a couple of years. So being able to be back at camp this summer, taking our kids to Youth for Christ camps was where all the like those stories that I just shared that are that are real and very recent, but also, you know, 10 years ago for this for this young man. Well, Jason, what an incredible blessing it is that our ministries have been able to work together for the growth of God's kingdom. Thanks so much for sharing that impact with us this morning on The Conversation. Thanks. It's a privilege to be in ministry with you.